Welcome to Content Inspire, Episode 6. Today, we have Ryan Buckeye from Fitness Informant, Fit Butters, the Fit Podcast, and the Two Guys, One Shaker Cup Podcast. This guy is an absolute badass, so uh, give him a round of applause. You know, I can just hear the people listening to the podcast in their cars or in their headphones, but you make me seem all to be this like rock star. Um, and I, it's funny because like I said, I want to be the Ryan Seacrest of the fitness industry and kind of be involved in everything. And uh, I think I am, but to the point where I'm, I'm pretty content being involved with as much projects as I am currently. Yeah, no, I'm a huge fan of everything that you're doing content wise. So the fact that I was able to get you on here for a podcast for content creators, entrepreneurs, and uh, people that are just absolutely killing it in their industry. Yeah, I have a feeling people are going to love this episode, dude. I hope so. I mean, I got some, I mean, I, I live my life pretty openly, let people inside, whether it's personal, professional. So some of the stuff that we talk about today, I mean, people might already know, they might not know, but I hope they're at least able to take away something from the podcast. Because, I mean, the host, I mean, the name of your podcast is Content Inspire. So if we can inspire somebody to do something differently to improve their life somehow, whether it's through working harder or changing their diet or whatever it might be, I mean, then we accomplished our goal. All right. Um, so, yeah, basically, my first question right off the bat is what is your motherfucking why like why do you get up every single day and tackle your multiple businesses all the content that you do podcasts you name it what is your why i would say my why today is differently than my why was yesterday and what i mean by that is when i started fi uh my why was more selfish driven like i wanted to achieve this level of or this status within the fitness world, which people gave a shit what I had to say. And it was more selfish driven than anything. And I looked at what was out there. There was stack, there was price plow. And I thought, you know, there is a way to do this differently. Um, and more of an, you know, this is nothing against those guys. Cause I, I've said this numerous times, but we, I wanted to bring more of an entertainment value to product reviews to the fitness industry because a lot of the stuff is science-based or news-based. And it's just kind of, to me, it's boring to, to feed on that content. So I thought, like, well, how do we do this in an entertaining yet educational way? Um, and we've done that. So my why was, like, how do I how do I create this so I don't have to work for somebody anymore? Like, I want to work for myself. Um, but that definitely changed over the years as I grew up. And, and you know, when I started Fitness Informant, I was a boy. Um, today, I'm definitely more of a man. But uh, And I've posted about this quite a bit recently as my life has been just a roller coaster over the last year. But my why today definitely is my daughter, Aurora. Uh, my future baby due in March, and then my fiance Danielle is really what drives me every day now to do what I do, so I can provide a life for them uh, that I didn't have growing up because I grew up with nothing, you know. And I've talked about that pretty openly. I grew up in low-income housing uh, with my mom; she worked three jobs. I worked a job since the age of fourteen, so I've always had to work for myself to provide for myself. And you know that was my why to provide for myself to to achieve things in which people thought could never be possible. Um, which was a selfish fucking reason. It really was. Uh, you know, now I have something to actually work for in my family. And I also know at the same time to keep that family, you know, this is kind of my second shot at this in life. Um, I can't work all the time and I can't be addicted to myself when I can't be attached to my MacBook. Like I need to make time for them as well. So trying to balance everything out into this, you know, sort of perfect formula 
um, has been a learning experience for me, but I'm in a, a good place in 2020 and I know what my why is and that's what drives me every single day. Okay. That's, thank you for answering that, giving the insight into how you started and what's your why now. Um, and yeah, on a personal note in regards to like us scheduling and making this happen, my favorite thing was that you were like on the weekends, I don't do anything business related. It's family, family time. And I absolutely 100% respect and understand that on another level. Yeah. And, and, you know, in a previous life, that, that wasn't the case. I mean, I used the weekends to create content. I mean, um, when I left corporate America, you know, you're working like a 40, 50 hour a week job, a salary job. I was making great money. Um, but, you know, I left like a 40 hour a week job to work 80. And in my case, I was working close to 100. And it was a way for me to escape some of the issues I was having in my personal life, but also because I knew I had to work so hard to build a platform that I worked too much to the point where I alienated my family to the point where I, you know, am no longer in that situation, you know, with my, uh, it's no surprise people who follow the platform probably know I went through divorce early this year. I attribute a lot of the issues that I had in my personal life to working as much as I did. And I know now in order to be the best dad I can be in, be the best future husband I can be. Like, I can't be working all the time. So it's taking weekends off. Danielle and I are starting to do this no text Sunday stuff where we put our cell phones in a drawer and just enjoy time together with our family because, like, life is pretty short, my man. You know, you never know what tomorrow might bring. And that sounds cliche and you hear people say it all the time, but there is much more to life than fitness informant and fitters and work all the time. And yet that's enjoyable to me. I enjoy spending time with my family much more than I do actually creating content and working. Okay. Yeah. I'll certainly have to uh, steal that idea in regards to having a Sunday, no phones, just absolutely just enjoying that time with my wife, my significant other. So I'll, I'll give you credit for that idea when I start that next Sunday. It's hard. I mean, let's not be, let's be kidding. We, you know, we got this $1,200 machine in our pockets of all time. It's hard to get off it. And you constantly want to be connected. You constantly want to know what's going on. And I think, you know, if speaking openly about it, I think social media and cell phones uh, cause a lot of the stress and anxiety and issues that we have as a society today because we constantly read what people say about us. And we constantly look for things that we do. And, and it seems like, you know, nothing's really ever good enough for us anymore, which then causes us to be depressed or anxious or stressed. And it's not a healthy relationship. So I think as a whole, Everybody needs to learn how to have a better relationship with digital media um, and, and learn how to limit some of it and actually enjoy things as a human being. Because just think about like we, and when you're a kid, man, like we would spend time outside shooting the basketball, falling down on, on the blacktop. Now kids have iPads at the age of three because they're crazy. it's like it's a totally different world that we live in and it's impacting us in a big way. Yeah, you're 100% right about that in regards to like the way how we grew up outside playing for hours till the sun came down, hanging out with kids in our neighborhoods. But now the younger generation, um, they just have an iPad or an iPhone in their hands and opening up apps and, uh, and yeah, obsessed with social media in a negative aspect. I'll have, to, I'll have to say that social media has opened up many doors for myself, but there's always, there's always pros and cons to everything. Right. And you're 100%. Like, a fitness informant would not be here if it wasn't for social media. I mean, we came big because of some of the content we put out on social. But at the same time, um, I had a, a really negative relationship with social media. And I just launched a podcast, actually, you know, as we're recording this today, 
about my relationship with social media. It's like you can get caught up and you can get in a position in which you find yourself being tested to do things that you shouldn't be doing. And in my case, it was, you know, people would be DMing the platform females while I was married. And it's like, that's tempting. And I would engage in conversation with those people. And that was not the right thing to do. But social media makes it so easy, so tempting to do the wrong thing. And, uh, you know, I've been down that path and I've been open and honest about that. So it's just now that I, you know, I'm able, I'm in a, a good place now, I'm able to step back and say, okay, I have a two-year-old daughter. What's social media going to be like when she's 10? What's it going to be like when she's 15? And it scares the shit out of me, Andrew. Like it scares me so much to think of where it's going to be because I know how I was as a male. I know how most people are on social media and it's quite grotesque. It's, it's not appropriate. Um, and I just... I'm concerned about the future of our children. I hope we can, we're able to leverage social media more in, the, in that positive limelight. But I mean, in 2020, Christ, you can attest to this. It's been a pretty shitty year on social media. Everybody's so fucking negative about everything. It's no surprise that the whole world is depressed right now. Yeah, you're right about that. Do you think that there should be more like government regulation in regards to things that are posted on social media in regards to um minors sexual uh, over sexualization within certain industries you name it i don't think there should be government regulation because i'm very pro anti-government in terms of things i mean i think as human beings we have you know as human beings we reserve the right to kind of do, make decisions right um mm -hmm. i is it facebook's fault that a 15 year old girl posts a picture in her you know very revealing swimsuit no it's not their fault it's the 15 year old's fault. It's their parents' fault for not raising them correctly. And that's the thing, like, you know, I think it does come down to how we're raised as individuals. I was raised in the Midwest. I was taught certain things. Like my mom is a very religious mom or a very religious lady. I am not like super religious, but I was able, you know, through her belief in religion and her belief in certain values and morals, she raised me a certain way in which taught me like, this is not appropriate. So I just think now we look and I posted about this as recently too, you know, you look at the plethora of, of women and men out there in their mid-20s with no children, and they're posting these sexually explicit pictures and videos. And it's like your kids someday are going to see this, and their friends are going to see this. Like, and, and you're setting an example early on in your life. And trust me, we all do stupid shit in our 20s. We always do. Yeah, uh, yeah. But, but, like, I mean, you're setting an example for the future of the country and the future of your family at an early age. And I just think we need to use our brains a little bit more. Um, than what we do. So if you want to do stupid shit, do it off camera. Don't don't have documentation of the stupid shit that you do because that, that lives forever. It never goes away. Um, and anybody who's ever sent a photo that they probably regret sending will be the first to tell you like they wish they never did that. A lot of people will say they wish they never posted certain photos. Um, you know, I think, again, there's a big difference between sexually re revealing content and fitness content. Like a bikini competitor should be posting progress pictures and should be posting her state shots. That is done in a very um, in a fitness centric, appropriate way, in my opinion. But then there's ones where you're in your bathroom and you're just in your underwear and you're wearing a towel and like, things of that that have no nothing to do with fitness. That is definitely revealing or definitely suggestive. Um, those are the things that I have issues with now at my age, just because I have a daughter. Okay, I certainly do understand your viewpoint and respect it. Um, I've hopefully one day in the future I am able to become a father and share those same viewpoints on a personal level. Um, so switching topic, I looked back into your past. I'm a huge fan of wrestling, WWE, all that good fun stuff. 
So what was your best experience from your Neo Pro wrestling days? Neo Pro was kind of – so um, for people who don't understand professional wrestling, it's very much like Major League Baseball. There is a minor league system that we call the independents, and there are many small wrestling organizations spread throughout the United States in which use independent wrestlers. We're independent contractors. They would call me up and say, Ryan, we'd like you to work the show this weekend. We're going to pay you XYZ. Can you do it? So um, Neo Pro was one of the first – organizations that I wrestled for when I was 16 years old that actually had some notoriety within the pro wrestling world. Um, and for me at that point, um, I had been wrestling in a tag team for, for most of my career. And uh, it was the first time in my life that I got to wrestle against my tag team partner. Uh, and we kind of broke up. So anybody who understands pro wrestling tag teams, when they break up, especially if they're an established tag team, it's a big deal. Um, we had a, an angle where he turned on me and it was fun. It was cool to do something. And it was, that was sort of the, uh, that was the catapult to my singles career, which really put me on a different level in the world of pro wrestling. Um, it also was the same show that I met Ari Dafari, who's a good friend of mine now. He's also part of WWE. He's part of 205 Live, the Cruiserweights. Um, and that was the first show that him and I worked together, wrestled together. So I had a lot of fond memories of Neo Pro. It was kind of the first place to give me that stepping platform to catapult my pro wrestling career. And uh, I'll never forget the Cottage Grove Armory. And every time I drive past Cottage Grove here in Minnesota or drive past the Armory, like those memories come back to me every single time. That's awesome. And I did remember, like, what was it? A couple of months ago, you stated that you might have been working to make that return to wrestling. Is that something that's possible in the near future? Yeah, I mean, so I, my goal actually was to return to pro wrestling this summer. Um, a different name, a different gimmick, a different character. Uh, then COVID hit, and COVID canceled all wrestling shows. Obviously, you can't have an organized function like that going on, especially when you're rolling around the ring with other human beings. I mean, that's not social distancing, right? Um, <laughs> so um, that got put on the hold. Well, you know, obviously during COVID, then I launched my second business, Fit Butters, which, um, you know, exceeded my expectations. And now it's, you know, one of the faster growing brands in the space. It's becoming extremely popular in the nut butter space where it's taking up a lot of my time. So to commit full time to a return to the ring um, now is not feasible unless I can get more of a staff in place to handle a lot of the stuff that I currently do for the brand, but I will wrestle again. And I told Danielle uh, actually yesterday, I said, I'm going to wrestle again because I want my daughter to see what dad did. I want my future daughter or son, whatever he or she may be, um, to see dad do what he did. And I want Danielle to see what I did. Like it's one thing to watch my matches on YouTube. Um, it's no, another thing to experience it in person. So uh, I'm 33. I'll be 34. I can still wrestle here and there. I don't plan on doing it on a consistent basis, but I also don't want to be that asshole that takes a spot from somebody who's actually trying to do and make it in that business because it's, it's extremely hard. And it's a cutthroat business. You need the reps, just like baseball, basketball, football, whatever it might be. Like You need that practice. And by me coming on a show, what it's doing is it is taking a spot from somebody, but at the same time, I feel like my veteran status within pro wrestling, I can give back. I can help teach. Um, you know, I can help them. I mean, I've been up to WWE. I've had my trial with them. I've been backstage. I understand how the production process works there. So I do have some, you know, advice that I can give the younger kids who are doing this. Um, and I can still have some fun with it. And I know I can still go. I'm in much better shape today than I was, you know, when I retired from, when I quote unquote retired from pro wrestling. Damn. That's like, that's so sick. I will certainly be, uh, be, be uh, watching to, for your uh, return to pro wrestling. Cause that'll be, like I said, sick as fuck, dude. Like, yeah, I'm excited for it. I mean, I, what I'm not excited for is well, a couple things. Like, I don't, 
I don't necessarily know any of the guys anymore who are backstage. I mean, that was part of the fun of pro wrestling was the camaraderie. Like you're a brotherhood in pro wrestling. People don't understand. I mean, but when you're in the ring with the other person, your life is literally in their hands. They drop you wrong, the wrong way. You could be paralyzed. You could be dead. I mean, so you are literally saying, Hey, here's my life. I trust you with it. I mean, go. So you have that bond. And, you know, for, you know, Ari Davari, for instance, this guy that's mentioned, like, just worked out with him today at the gym as well. Like, we still talk, we still bond. He's making a bunch of money up in WWE, and I'm doing my thing, but we stayed connected because you, you never really lose that bond within pro wrestling. It's a very special niche uh, of individuals. Um, some good, some bad, but mostly it's, it's, it's all good. Okay. That's, uh, that sounds sick. So, um, in regards to content creation and workflow for fitness informant, do you have a schedule right now accordingly, or what is the creative process for you? Yeah, so we, we typically, when we, so we work, most people understand this, like there's a revenue stream coming in fitness informant. We work with many brands who pay us a monthly fee, basically a monthly retainer to make sure that we're covering what's happening on the brand. So let's take a brand that you and I both love ghost, right? Uh, ghost pays us each month based on an annual basis a certain amount of money to make sure that we're covering product launches like Ghost Energy, like Ghost Gamer, like Ghost Glow. We know when these products are going to be relaunched. We know when they're going to be released. So we work with the creative team at Ghost and say, okay, if, if, if Ghost um, Energy is going to be released on Labor Day, let's just use that. Let's, let's backtrack that and say, okay, let's do a teaser, you know, August 12th. Let's do a flavor review August 15th. And we plan that to make sure that we're, we're hitting those marks and making sure that we're doing what we can to help that brand out. Um, at the same time, when it comes down to say product reviews, uh, content on, on that nature in which we have to try to remove all bias, you know, that we don't plan that content accordingly with the brands. We just do it when we can, um, unless we work something out with the brand saying, okay, ghost legend V2 is coming out in November, Ryan, we're going to get you a tub in September. We'd like you to finish the tub and have a review ready to launch when we launch the product, like we've done that in the past, um, but we do try to schedule content as much as possible. And it's for our own sanity. The one thing that I can't stand is scrolling through Facebook and seeing one of our paid partners have news out there that we didn't know about or that we didn't cover because I feel like we're failing and we're not doing our job. But at the same time, we need to rely on the brands to let us know what's going on. So if they don't say, hey, we have this product coming out September 1st, we don't know and we can't cover it. So we try to stay very close with the brands that we work with. Um, you know, and, and like anybody else, I follow a lot of these brand owners on Facebook and I hear them talk or I see them tease stuff on their personal pages. And it allows me to kind of follow up with them and say, Hey, is this something that we, you want us to work with and, and go that route? Well, that's great insight into the relationship that fitness informant has with some of the biggest supplement brands out there. So that's, thanks for sharing that. Yeah, anytime. I mean, and the thing is, like, you know, too, I've been very honest and open about us being paid, right? I mean, fitness performance is my full-time job. I was making a lot of money at General Mills. I'm making good money now, but I also hired a full-time employee, uh, which took out, um, you know, a lot of the income that I was making. But we were so busy that we needed two people to cover the content because there's just so much going on um, with all the brands that we work with. So we're able to double team and make sure that we don't miss a beat. Because the content's what's extremely important is our followers and our fan base. Like they rely on that content. They like the, the way we articulate our content versus say our quote unquote competitors. Um, and, and that's, that's what differentiates us from everybody else. But at the same time, there's a lot of other platforms out there that do really good stuff too, just in a different way than we do it. Okay. 
And a follow-up for that is, did you have a moment where you knew that you made it with Fitness Informant? Uh, I mean, I guess that was walking away from a six-figure paying job at General Mills um, to do this full-time. That, that's kind of when I, you know, I still every day, like I still, I still am super humble and, and thankful that people appreciate what we put out there to the point that brands will pay us, you know, and allow me to do this for a living. Like I'm writing content and filming content on fitness and supplements for a living. Like that's, that's a dream job for a lot of people, you know, and uh, it's, it's something I don't take for granted. There are times where maybe I'm not at my best uh, late last year, early this year, I was definitely not at my best. Um, but you know, ultimately at the end of the day, we try to put out the best content that we can in which we know our followers will appreciate and engage with. And if you see based on our social footprint, for instance, like it's been extremely, extremely good, uh, the last several months. Um, and a lot of the brands that we're working with are seeing a lot of traffic come to their website. A lot of conversions happen based on the content we're putting out. So the cool thing about digital is kind of once you build it and once you're established, it doesn't really go away unless you're doing things the wrong way. So, you know, search engine optimization or SEO, there's a right way and a wrong way. And we spend a lot of money building it the right way. So even if Google changes their algorithm, it doesn't impact us. It typically, in a negative way, typically impacts us in a positive way. And we jump up and some of our other people, other websites that try to be like ours, you know, take a big hit. So for me, yeah, back to your original question, it was walking away from General Mills and, collecting a paycheck that said fitness informant LLC on it for the first time, which was such a cool feeling. That's, that's, uh, that's badass, man. The fact that you had that, I made it moment with FI, we're able to bring on a full-time employee with the brand and um, then from fitness informant to fit butters. So I know that during COVID, I saw that you for content for fitness informant with your fiance, you were starting to create some food recipes. I saw that you guys were getting really into that. And then you started um, Fit Butters. And then you started making collaborations with using authentic protein from supplement companies and basically showcasing which specific protein from those companies. How did you come up with that idea or business model? So during COVID, right? I mean, where do you live? What state are you in? I'm in Indiana. Right. So Indiana, I don't know how long you closed down for or shut down for, but Indiana, Illinois, Wisconsin, Minnesota, New York. I mean, every state except for, I think, the Dakotas and maybe Montana and some of the states in which the population is super spread out, closed like everything down. Right. Nobody had access to the gym anymore. So creating content around pre-workouts and BCAs and protein didn't make much sense because there was not a lot of engagement with that content. Like it's hard for a consumer to engage with that content when they don't need that content, right? Like nobody's going to go out and spend 40 bucks on a pre-workout if they can't go to the gym. So um, quickly, right away, I pivoted in what we were doing and I invested some dollars into some filming equipment. And I, just, I told Danielle, I'm like, listen, we, you know what? I'm not that busy doing dietary supplement type of content right now. So why don't we start doing some healthy recipes? And I've always loved videos that you see on Facebook for like Tasty and Delish and these couple of these websites that do really cool things. Um, that teach you how to make a meal. All the meals that I, you know, on these platforms are all extremely unhealthy. You know, fat content through the roof, calories through the roof. And I said, there's a way we can do this, incorporate our partners and create healthy recipes. So we create things like cheesecake, carrot cake, donuts, Oreos, all these different things. I mean, turkey meatloaf, 
things of that nature in which we tried to incorporate our brands so we could still provide valuable content to them just in a different way. And, and we saw that it take off um, very well. Appreciate that. The brands appreciated that. Then we, um, then we made a nut butter in March. Um, it was actually our very first nut butter ever. We had never made a nut butter in our life. Uh, it was end of March. We made vanilla coconut, which is a current skew that we sell today in our fit butters. And it was very, very good. And we made it with a different protein um, that we're not using in our current version. And I thought to myself, like, right away, like, okay, I know Hanks. I know All-American. I know nuts and more. Like, they're good, but this is better. And um, I have a skill set in food marketing. I, I mentioned I worked at General Mills. I ran a brand called Cascading Farm. I worked at Hormel Foods. I worked in the food service side. So I understood the, regulate, the regulatory effects of food and what I needed to do to make sure I could have a valuable food business. And marketing and branding is kind of what I do. So within basically two days of creating that fit butter, I had the brand name trademarked. I had the website. Um, and then I had started to work with a designer and the labels and he was just taking the sweet ass time. So I said, fuck it. And I designed the labels myself. I'd never used Adobe Illustrator in my life. First time using Illustrator, designed the labels um, that you see today. And we were up and running within like two weeks from that moment um, with this new nut butter. And we went through a bunch of different iterations um, with the facilities that we were at, but you know, I knew like there's an opportunity for me to create a separate brand, a separate entity, but also help out my partners at Fitness Informant. So if you look at the brands that we use in Fitbitters, you won't find a brand on there that I haven't worked with before. Fitness Informant. Like I've worked with every single brand that's involved in Fitbitters, and that's a prerequisite. Like you can't be a brand and come to me and say, "Can I get a Fitbitter?" You need to work with Fitness Informant first, so I know what you're about, so I can stand behind you and, and I understand what I'm putting into my products. So uh, I was like, okay, here's a good opportunity to provide a different way to market those brands to a different consumer in a different sales channel um, to provide value. So you walk into a high V grocery store in Indiana or here in Minnesota, and you see Rory's Cookie Monster Madness that contains Nutribio's whey protein isolate. That gives Nutribio a lot of sight to a different consumer in a different sales channel that they never had before. Damn. So in regards to Fit Butters, I know that you have ambassadors. Yep. And you, you have ambassadors with their own specific code. How has the feedback been using an ambassador and or, um, or basically almost micro-influencers within the fitness community? Yeah, and, then, and you use the word, word extremely well, micro-influencers. So we're not big on finding people with like 100K followers or more. I mean, a lot of times you look at those, unless they you know, have had created really good content over the years, most of the times people that have like six-figure followers on Instagram, they buy those followers. So what I like is I look at people who have like 1,000 to you know 10,000 followers and say like, who's actually putting out content, who's actually engaging with that content. And who, I don't want... Like 18 to 35 year old female is our primary target market, but I don't want a 22 year old who just posts aspects on, on Instagram. Like that's not of interest to me. I don't care if you bought in 30 jars of my stuff, you're not going to post educational content or helpful content and you can't be faster. So we have an application process. They fill it out. Danielle and I review their social. We, we review who they are as a people. We review, have they actually had any experience with our brand? Because you'd be surprised how many people who just want free product, um, you know? And so we hand select and we select each pe each individual um, by going through it because I've seen ambassadors, you know, through say it's, it's first form Redcon, um, you know, ghost does a really good job with their ambassadors, but a lot of these brands just will sign people up because they don't care. They just want whoever out there, but we want people representing the brand in a positive light. So 
our investors have been great. And what's different about our, you know, we're a startup. We can't afford to pay cash at this point. So we understand like if you're a nutbutter fanatic and you're willing to promote the brand that after, you know, your code gets used 10 times, you get a free jar of Fitbutters. Now, at some point, we'd like to switch over to a monetary value, um, you know, which we will. But in the beginning, we understand like, hey, you know, it's a $15 product. It's a, you know, it's basically $15 for every time the code gets used 10 times. And they get a product from us that they can go ahead and try and then they can, you know, promote that too. And it's kind of like a roundabout way of, of involving us as more of a community and a family versus just doing it based on money. Because a lot of times I see that then people will just post and post and post. And I don't want that either. I don't want every post being about Fitbutters. Like show your original, show your real life stuff, show other content other than Fitbutters, but just like trickle us in here and there. Okay. That's cool that you're actually looking for people that genuinely give a fuck about yeah. your brand, about the products and who they are as people. You don't know how many times that I've gotten DMs from people saying like, yo, I love ghost products. I want to be a part of the team, but then they're repping other supplement brands just because for a code or whatever the case may be. So you got to actually genuinely give a crap about what you're representing out there. You should. I mean, honestly, if you look at how well you produce as an ambassador, if you know what you're talking about and you give a shit, like you're going to do so much more and you're going to be, you know, you're going to generate more income for yourself. If you know what you're talking about versus somebody who's just like, Hey, free shipping, use my code, ask picture. I mean, like guys, <laughs> engage the people. Like that's the thing about, a lot of people, and, and what also bothers me too is, I mean, a lot of these ambassadors just don't know what they're taking, right? Where it's a pre-workout and they post like, this is the best pre-workout ever. And you look at the label and you're like, that thing is underdosed on every single ingredient but caffeine, right? And now you're, now you are bringing more people into the pool who are suffering from an underdosed product at the same price as say Ghost Legend might be or Ghost Burn um, or even a Red Cup of the War. It doesn't matter. Like there's a lot of products out there that are much better than some of these products are being pushed. And it just frustrates me. Is there, is there anything that you think that you can do on your personal platform, fitness informant, you name it, that could help steer away and educate individuals in regards to not falling for the bullshit? That's what we do. or That's what I try to do. I guess you could say is like have that conversation with people. Be like, listen, like do your research. It's no different than say Herbalife, right? Or Avocare. Like are you going to buy it because your neighbor says to buy it and then they go in their garage and grab it out of a box that has a bunch of fucking dust on it and gives it to you? Like do your research. Because supplements are cheap and they're not your main source of nutrition. Like your main source of nutrition should be your foods, your, what you eat. And then from there, if you still have disposable income and, and you're actually able to save some money in your savings, sure, then knock yourself out and buy a dietary supplement. But wouldn't you rather buy a supplement that's going to work hard for you versus something you're just throwing your fucking money away at? So that's really kind of where we dive in. Like even, you know, honestly, like even though Ghost pays us, if Ghost comes out with a product that's underwhelming, like I will tell my audience it's an underwhelming product. In fact, like I've said that the current version of Legend to me right now currently is underwhelming. That's why they're reforming. Not, they're not reformulating it because of me, but Dan Ryan and team at Ghost knows that they can do better and, and they will. And V2, when it comes out, I think is going to be extremely awesome and people are going to love it. But that's the thing, like you can get away with doing an underdose product and just spend a bunch of money in marketing and you're gonna get a bunch of people but quite frankly people in general and, and i mean this with <laughs> as much respect as possible is like we're we are a lazy society you know look at what's going on right now in 2020 we turn on the news we hear something and we believe it to be true right away without doing any fact checking or you know whatever we're, we're so quick to lock ourselves in our homes and not go outside because we're afraid we're gonna die like do some use your that, that's that goes back to like use your head like we were given a brain during birth, there was 12 years of schooling, at least, hopefully, 
Uh, I mean, we are, we should be able to think for ourselves. And I think that's the biggest issue that we have. Like I'll never blame a brand or even an ambassador for the shit that's out there. I'll blame consumers for buying or purchasing said product without doing the research for themselves. Okay. Yeah. You certainly do have a point there. It should be the consumer and or customer that does their research before buying a product to make sure that, it, that it's right for them. Mm-hmm. If it's underdosed or I remember, what was it? You posted about um, a certain pre-workout this morning from a certain brand. Um, yeah. What, a pollen? Yeah, pollen. Super high in caffeine. Yeah. Everything else is it's, it's an amazingly dosed formula. It's got too much caffeine for me personally, although it, it didn't trick me out as much as I thought it was going to. It's not something I'm going to say to people like, take this every day. It, it, should you buy it? Should you try it? Sure, if you think you can handle it. It's still a great product. It's something you take maybe twice a week. Um, you know, but it's nice because what's nice about it is it doesn't include exotic stims like DMHA or synephrine or different things like that to go with the caffeine. So at the end of the day, this thing probably hits you just as hard as a stim bomb or not even as hard as some of these stim bombs are on the market today, even though it has more caffeine. Okay. And so dropping another question for you your way, what was the first supplement you ever took? First supplement I've ever taken in my life. I mean, my brother brought Celtech when I was younger, and I remember taking it. But I mean, the the first product that I actually purchased, fuck, they don't even make it anymore. But Mike, the situation from Jersey Shore promoted it, and it was in a magazine, and it was a, a, a Nox product, so nitric oxide product. It was a pill that it was a chewable. Um, and then and, you know, looking back, it was a piece of shit. It was garbage. But again, like many consumers, I looked at this magazine spread and I watched Jersey shore because I thought it was a fucking cool show back in the day. And I was like, okay, Mike's pretty jacked. Let's do this. And I thought <laughs> it was expensive um, and it was stupid. So, I mean, I've come a long way since then, uh, but that is my first recollection of an actual supplement that I, you know, outside of creatine, like I, I bought what we are creatine tablets when I was in high school, but like something that was supposed to sort of boost performance in the gym outside of like your traditional creatine. That was the first supplement that I bought. Yeah, the personal note, the first supplement I ever took was the orange flavored original NO Explode. Yeah, I think a lot of people started with NO Explode. And quite frankly, it was fucking awesome back then. Like the original NO Explode was a game changer and it created the whole pre-workout category. Yep, you're 100% right about that. And then I don't know what happened with the brand afterwards. I know that they were heavily involved with UFC they were killing it, and then they just fell off. Yeah, uh, I mean, they, they switched the formula, and it's funny because Eric Hart, who's now with Redcon 1, uh, was on the team when they changed the formula of No Explode from what it was to this new version. He did not agree with it. He hated the reformulation that they – he so they had a formula that was good, but the one they went to market with was something completely different, shocked him, shocked the world, and then they kind of fucked themselves after that. So they never really recovered – and BSN today is still trying to figure out who they are. They're owned by Glombia, which owns Optum Nutrition, Amazing Grass, um, Isopure, a bunch of different brands. But they just don't know who they are. They lack identity. So, I mean, it's, it's funny because they're, you know, if a brand like Redcon or somebody would acquire BSN and knew what to do with them, I think they could still do well, but they would have to kind of go back to their roots on what made them what they were once upon a time. Okay. Thank you for that insight because that's, uh, I asked, what was it? I asked Ben Kane from Price Plow because his dream brand to work with is Animal, and he gave me a complete breakdown of what he would do to fix that brand from inside and out. So a lot. Is there, is there- do a lot with that brand. Um, I mean, <laughs> I, I think Animal resonates with Ben a lot because he's a power lifter. 
Uh, and, and that makes sense to me. And, and also it's actually kind of in his backyard in New Jersey. Um, that's the brand just on that note. Cause I think it's fun. I've talked about animal a lot. Like they've been hesitant to change and not that they have to change a lot, but they need to get with the times in 2020. Like it's not about, um, I mean, look at their labels for Christ's sakes. Like they are just so old. Like it could use a refresh there and uh, the formulas could use a refresh. They have potential. And I think it'd be cool if they did something, but you know, maybe I know Ben was working with Nutribio. Maybe he'll start working with Animal and Universal, and he can help those guys out too. Yeah, like I said, that was his dream brand. So if he ever gets that opportunity, I know he would kill it. So for you, is there a dream brand that you would ever work with in regards to formulation or coming out with an an a fitness informant line? Maybe I don't know. <sighs> it's tough, man. I mean, listen, I have been asked so many times to come up with my own line and I formulated stuff before. And it's like, if I do that, like if fitness and formula Ryan Buckeye comes out with a dietary supplement line, then what I'm doing is I'm creating a product that competes with the companies in, that invest in FI, right? So yep. now if I'm competing against Ghost, and I'm competing against Primeval Labs and I'm competing against Core Nutritionals, why would Dan and Ryan at Ghost, why would Doug Miller at Core want to pay to be on my platform if you know because then now i'm sort of introducing bias like aren't i going to say that my pre-workout is better than the else's so i mean um i i once upon a time i had a desire to do that now i don't uh you know that's that's faded we have talked about collaborations before in terms of flavor collaborations like i have said to many brands like and i and you maybe saw my um tropical mango review today that we did for ghost um i said at the end like i said let's mango like that's always been a flavor I wanted to do. Cause I say, let's go, let's do a mango flavor, which happens to be one of my favorite flavors of a pre-workout and then branded FI in terms of like the flavor. Um, when you start getting into formulations or I start saying I've helped XYZ brand formulate, I'm introducing bias. And, you know, so it's like, Oh, if Ryan had something to do with that brand's formulation, then he's going to give it much more exposure on the platform. He's going to put it number one in the rankings. So I have a hard time doing that. Now I've consulted with brands before saying like, here's what I think you should do with branding. Here's what I think, what directing, direction you should go in terms of like your target consumer. But I haven't gotten involved in formulation. I've had brands send me beta tests and I say, you know, this is good. I have given suggestions before saying like, I would remove um, sit malate and just go with a pure citrulline. I would up lines main from 400 to say 500 or even a gram. Like those things I've done a lot of, but I haven't been giving a project saying, we want you to formulate this intro work for us, right? I just haven't done that. And it's not something I'm really actively looking to do. Okay. Well, um, boom. Next question. So I've been seeing a whole lot of noise for the lift box the last couple yes. of months, yours, price plow, you name it. Is there a chance for the lift box FI to make a comeback in 2021? I think Adam at the lift box um, had a really good experience with us and we sold out extremely quick. So for him, that's, that's attractive. Uh, it was a lot of work on our end um, and we had a couple hiccups. But overall, I think it was a cool collaboration to bring some of the brands that we work with that you would normally not get in the Liftbox. You got a cool T-shirt. Um, I think you got a can of Raise Energy with ours. I know Price Paul had the new Ghost Energy. So there was a lot of – I think it, it, it's, it, it's a way for like brands within this space to work together to elevate education. So if we can get good quality products in front of a, a Liftbox subscriber or a new subscriber, I'm all for it. Um, so I definitely think it would be something that we most likely will probably pull out like V2 next year. I can't see why we would. 
Okay. Thank you for giving me that, uh, that insight. Cause I was definitely excited about that box when you uh, came out with it. That's for sure. I was too. I thought it was good. I thought, you know, there was, there was one item missing from the box that I really wanted in there. It was Red Con One's food bar. It was their energy shot. It was supposed to be there. I didn't get delivered in time. Um, you know, but those are things that happen. And, and those are things that make it difficult sometimes when you have multiple parties involved. It's, you know, you're trying to coordinate so much on top of that. You're trying to do everything else that you're doing. So, you know, I think we learned a few things. And I'm sure Ben probably told you or, or would tell you that he's learned a few things about his experience as well. Um, but at the end of the day, I think the lift box is a really good a really solid brand and a really solid business model to allow people to try new things without a major commitment. Um, and if they like something, then obviously they can go ahead and, you know, invest in the full, full fledged product. Okay. And so I know you do, oh, what is it? Daily Q and A's on yep. the FI page. Yep. Are there any questions that you would love to get? Cause I know, are there any questions that you wish you would get in your Q&A sessions on Instagram? Because most of the time, same old, same old. Is there anything that you wish would just like come out of right field and just surprise the fuck out of you? I like it when people bring up ingredients I haven't heard of. Because, I mean, I, or, or brands or products that I haven't heard of. Because there's a new brand that pops up every other fucking day in this space. Sometimes there's ingredients. I mean, we work pretty close with certain ingredient manufacturers like Nutrition 21, Compound Solutions, etc., but sometimes there's ingredients that come out that maybe a consumer saw in a product that they bring up and I don't know the answer. So I have to go and Google it and look it up and read some research papers on it because then that helps me advance my expertise within this space. So I really do like that. I like it when I get questions that aren't just, hey, what do you think of, of this pre-workout? You know, cause I, I, I actually hate that question, to be honest with you, because um, my response to that question is, well, what, tell me what you think, right? Like I create this platform. For education, like at what point do you guys start doing some of the research yourself? We built an encyclopedia of ingredients that fitness informant. You can look them all literally and figure out if, it, if it's a good product. Um, but I mean, some of the stuff too, like the lifestyle questions that we get now, um, I enjoy that because somebody the other day told me that they think fitness informant now is more of a lifestyle brand, meaning like we address a lot of different things. It's not just supplements, it's not just nutrition, it's not exercise. Like we talk about mental health, depression, we talk about relationships, we talk about you know, success in your careers. So, because all that contributes to your overall quote unquote fitness, there's emotional, there's mental, there's financial, there's physical. Those are all part of fitness, right? Like, are you financially fit in? That's a good question. And, and if you're not like, here's some things that I did in my life to put myself in position. So, um, albeit, you know, supplements and of that nature is the true passion. But I think, you know, if you're, if you're living every day with extreme amount of stress because you're financially strapped, that's not good for your health. So we're a health platform. How can we help you become healthier and be a better version of yourself? And I've lived a pretty decent life at 33. I've been through a lot of good shit and bad shit. If I can share that with anybody and help them in any way, that's really what I want to do. That's, um, that's, def that's basically why I wanted you to get on the Content Inspired podcast, man. Because at the end of the day, when people listen to this episode someone's going to get inspired. Someone's going to make that decision to go after what they want or make that lifestyle change. So thank you, man. Well, that's too. I mean, and the thing is, I try to be honest about everything. Like if somebody asked me like, Hey Ryan, have you taken steroids? The answer is yes, I have. I mean, I'm on TRT, but I've taken stuff outside of TRT before for contest prep. Like I'm not ashamed to admit it. That's part of the nature of the beast. That's part of what this industry is when you, when you compete. 
So, I mean, for me to dance around the question, like I'm not going to go out there and promote that I've, I've taken these things because, A, they're not legal, right? But, like, mm-hmm. listen, I, if somebody asks me, if a 21-year-old comes to me and says, look, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, I'm thinking about taking a cycle of test E. What do you think? Fuck no, kid. Don't do it. You're 21. Your test levels right now are at the highest they're going to be. Like, enjoy being 21, you know, so I can help people not make stupid mistakes or not do some of the things that I did when I was 19, taking pro hormones that at that time were basically anabolic steroids, oral versions of it that fucked my whole system up. So, you know, instead of sitting there and, and trying to lie about something or dance around the question, like, just tell them how it is, man. I've learned enough in my life by lying about something that does you absolutely no good and you can help way more people by just being honest. And that's, that's really what I try to do. I try not to, I mean, I, I if I lie about something, like I, you know, I, fuck, I mean, I can't remember the last time I really lied about anything to my followers on the platform at all. That's, um, that's very respectable in regards to your platform, the way how you hold yourself and just not lie. Honestly, it's not worth it. Cause no, I mean, the the day- one of our core values is always do the right thing. I mean, that's the biggest one. So at the end of the day, here's the right thing to do is to be honest and transparent with our consumer base, because that's how you create credibility and establish yourself within the space. And quite frankly, by you know saying the things that other people wouldn't say is really what elevated our platform to the point where we're on, you know, we're on the same level of stacked and price power. And those companies have been around 10 years. We've been around three and a half. So it's just, you know, doing the right thing, having content that resonates with people. You know, that's why I say the big difference between price plow and us is they're very science-based. They'll have a article that has 30 sources. You're never going to find it on, on, on fitness for Like we're not going to cite 30 sources because that's not us. We want to be able to break it down in like two to three paragraphs, make it quick, make it entertaining, but also educational. If you really want to get down in the nitty gritty of something like price plow is the place you should go. If you just want to know, like, does this work? What's this supposed to do? and consume it more in sort of like a, a fun environment. Like that's kind of what we're trying to do as a class. Okay. Um, damn. That's, you've just absolutely just blown my mind, honestly, in regards to this whole entire experience. Um, and I just wanted to say, like I said, thank you again for hopping on. Um, if there's anything that you want to plug, anything of the sort, now's your time, man. Nothing to plug, dude. I mean, plug you. I mean, you've been fantastic in terms of following our platform. You're a great ambassador for the Ghost team. Um, you know, and it was cool because, like, when we talked about ambassadors, too, you're one of those people that you're not a ghost ass kisser. It's not like ghost, ghost, ghost. I mean, I think I, mean, I, I don't know you extremely well to, to say this with, with 100% fact, but I would feel like you're the type of person who would be willing to try a different brand just so that way you know what else is out there, right? Like, okay, Ghost Legend might be your go-to pre-workout, but you're not opposed to trying Nutribios Pre or Total Wolf from Redcon because you really should as an ambassador know what else is out there because at the end of the day, like, I mean, is Ghost the best? Maybe for you it is, but maybe for somebody else it might not be. Uh, and for you to understand, like, what else is out there, I think it's, it's very smart in terms of being, um, you know, an ambassador who means well and who wants to be highly educated within this space. Well, let me just put it out there. Um, Ghost has been the perfect brand for me since I tried Legend that first time. Um, but since I am a supplement nerd, I do like being informed what's out there within the industry, formulations, flavors, what people are doing, and they're making noise out there. So I just like being informed. So that's why um, not only just because of the relationship that Ghost has with Fitness Informant, I'm a fan of what you guys are doing. So that's why I'm so 
active and engaged in the shit that you're putting out there. And I think it's good, right? Like Dan and Ryan at Ghost, they're they're engaged. They're looking to see what else is out there. They buy competitor products. They try it, you know. Um, and and Dan will be the first to tell you too. I've had many conversations with him. Like he'll he'll put over core nutritionals in terms of some of their formulations, and, and they've done a good job. He's talked about you know inspired nutraceuticals before and how they did a really good job with the greens formula and their multi. So it's it's if you want to be really good at what you do, you also have to understand like what you're going against or what is also out there. Uh, because if not, then then you're just like Herbalife, man. It's like Herbalife or, or, or bus or Avocare or bus. Like, yeah, if somebody comes to you and says, you know, I use Core Nutritionals, Core Fury, what do you think? I mean, if you've tried it, you would say it's a really good pre-workout. If it works for you, awesome. I like Legend and here's why. You know, like that would be – that's how ambassadors, I believe, should behave. And they should do a good job of at least trying some other stuff. So they can not – not to try to sway them to a different brand, but just so that way they're more educated when they talk about – that category as a whole. Yeah, you're 100% correct in that because I've seen certain ambassadors for other brands or whatever the case may be that aren't as educated and they'll just be there like, nah, that pre-workout shit, take this one. Right. Just so that they could get a uh, commission code or whatever. Yep, exactly. And and that's, you know, I've, I've given Aaron Singerman over at Redcon a lot, of, a lot of shit for this and Matt Sino, who's a part of the affiliate program, it's like some of your tier operators annoy the fuck out of me because that's what they do. Um, but they do a good job now of trying to police that. And at Fit Butters, for instance, like it's very hard for us to give an ambassador or an affiliate code to somebody who hasn't tried the other products out there. Like if you haven't had Hanks, you haven't had All American, um, you know, we encourage you to try it because that way, when you speak about our product, if you truly think that we're the best product out there, you can then compare us or at least talk to us, talk about us as we would compare to those other brands. Otherwise, it's just like, well, it's really the only brand I ever had, so. It's the best. You know, there's there's more credibility to an ambassador when they can say, yes, I've tried these brands. And yes, they're good. But here's what I like about Fit Butters. It's the texture. It's the consistency. It's the flavor. Something that those other brands, you know, might not have. Yeah, no, you're 100% correct in that mindset. Before I got with Ghost, um, let me see. I basically was a Red Call 1 tier operator. I thought <laughs> um, Big Noise was an incredible prompt product. Um, the only thing that, in my opinion, they needed to improve on was the flavor profile because their formulas might have been on point back then, but the flavor was ass. It is what it is. Right. So, um, but before I got with Redcon, it was open. When I say open, I would take anything just to try it out, see if it was right for me. Um, but like I said, when I tried Ghost, that was it. Like perfect brand, everything from who's behind it, the athletes, the marketing label, authentic collabs that just like blew my mind. So. Yeah, exactly. I think you're absolutely right. Um, they do things the right way. And that's why a lot of people, will, uh, they'll accuse, you know, price plow and fitness informant of being extremely ghost biased. Well, ghost does a lot of things, right? They have a lot of stuff coming out even in the year of COVID. So mm -hmm. because they're active and others aren't, of course, we're going to cover more of them. I mean, it gives us something to talk about. So it's not that we're biased, but Hey, they're doing stuff. I mean, I have a ghost that ghost energy drink right now on my desk right now that I'm drinking because it's the newest, coolest thing in the market. So, I mean, we're doing our job as a partner, but also as a supplement nerd, as a, as a nerd of the industry, I think what they're doing is extremely cool. It's shifting this category into mainstream, and it's making our business, our industry, more investable and more respectable by doing the collabs with Warheads and Sour Patch and Chips Ahoy, things of that nature. Well, yeah, you're 100% correct in that one, my man. Like, hands down, you're, uh, you're a legend. The TakeOver team absolutely loves you, bro. 
I love the takeover team too. I do. And, and at, you know, in Vegas or Olympia, when the take, some of the takeover numbers are there, um, we always have a good time. And uh, I mean, ghosts, y'all know how to throw a party. So that's, I'm getting, almost getting too old for that shit, but I'm looking forward to uh, hanging out with the ghost crew again very soon. And, and hopefully um, you'll be at some of these things here in the near future as well. Yeah. It would be awesome to go out to an event at ghost and uh, meet you officially. And um Thank you for hopping on Content Inspire Episode 6. Anytime, my man. Thanks for having me.